Here's to you, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Metal Gear Mondays, the most thorough Metal Gear podcast on the internet. Um, I am your host, Sam Wright, back at you with another interview episode. What the hell is this all about? I'm joined by my partner in crime, as always, Alessio Summerfield. Hey guys, what's up? I think we should just throw the entire show out the window and just turn into an interview show forever now. Oh man. Oh, I'm We're... sorry. I'm just I'm still like I'm still smiling off of this interview <laughs> that that we conducted. This uh, yeah. Yeah, so we 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 took uh took about an hour and we spoke to uh Kim my guest who you will know as Mei Ling uh from the Metal Gear series, who is honestly just one of the most delightful people I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to. <laughs> Yes, she has a very, very strong positive energy, and I really appreciated it. Yes, very much so. Um, we, yeah, we talked about her time with the series and kind of like her experience as a as a actor in the industry. Um, and yeah, we just we had a good time talking to her. Uh, apparently, this was her first kind of podcast interview, so it's a uh, it's very cool to be able to uh, give her a painless experience in that respect. Um, where is, is it? Is it? too much to say that we're actually we're getting kind of good at doing these yeah i think we're okay um i, I think, think we're I, yeah i think uh these are a lot of fun yeah so uh so yeah so uh that's what we're doing today yeah before uh, we get into that to... i do have a i do have a quick patron pa- patreon patron message request i'm tripping over my words um wow. yeah so we've got this 150 word message from new patron winfred casters um, Ooh, so thank you so much like for that. writing in. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's W-I-N-F-R-I-E-D, casters. Um, but yeah, so uh, <clears throat> Winfred says, hey guys, congratulations on the 100th episode. Quote, you're, you're pretty good, uh, <laughs> which I love because now if I look to my left from my computer desk, there is a copy of Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance signed by David Hayter that just says, you're pretty good. So every time I read that, I always glance <laughs> over. Um, they said, I listen to every one of your podcasts. I wanted to share a short personal story as a big thank you. Um, I started my Metal Gear journey back in 2001 when I was 14 and got to pick out a PC game at the store. I was deciding between two games and didn't know which one to pick when my dad helped me. And uh, I went for the more, quote, digital puzzle-like game, his words, uh, for which I am forever grateful because it turned out to be one of the greatest games ever, Metal Gear Solid. I replayed all of the Metal Gear games while I was recovering at home from major heart surgery back in t- 2017. Uh, gladly, they found and removed the Fox Dive virus. I'm fully healthy now. Uh, yeah. Your podcasts were like having friends playing alongside me while I was passing the time, so I'd like to thank you so much for helping me get through three long months of recovery. Sincerely, Winfred, a.k.a. pronounced like a blaster bullet from Star Wars, from Belgium. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. It's very similar um, to one of the stories that uh, Kim Mai shared with us on the podcast as well. Yep. Absolutely. So, heartwarming. So, heartwarming. Thank you. And thank you for that. Um, yeah. Uh, patron, if you'd like a... Um, <laughs> what? what? No, it's, just, it's funny. It's funny to me. Between Patreon, patrons, patronizing... And uh, just all of those words. It's just funny to me how many times that we say these like weird, archaic, like turn of the century <laughs> British words all the time now. Yeah, if you'd like to be a patron, patron of the arts, <laughs> patron of patron saint of Metal Gear, 
Who do you think? Who, who do you think David Hader would be the patron saint of Metal Gear, or would it be Chris? Oh man, I think, I think Chris is definitely the like mother of Metal Gear. Yeah, um, she is the Madonna figure. She is the Mother Mary of Metal Gear. Um, would you say the Big Mama of Metal Gear? Yeah, the Big Mama of Metal Gear. I don't know what that makes David, but yeah, we there's some saints in the Metal Gear universe that we yeah that we have. Absolutely, Cam Clark. <laughs> um. But yeah, so but yeah, so patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. Um, a, a dollar, if you'd like to contribute, will get you access to our Discord server. Um, we do an extra special podcast um, at $2 for patrons only. Um, we $5, you get the, like Winfred gets a 150-word message that we'll read on the show. It could be... Um, could be just about anything. We do have limits. Yes. <laughs> when I think about like about like once a month, we typically do like a uh, roll call of all of the yeah. uh, five dollar and up folks, and uh, a lot of the folks are going to be the ten dollar up people. Get us uh, some super special video treats, and some of them are going to be receiving like a ten ish minute long like video documentary of our Renton City retro trip. So. Yeah, so everybody is going to get our podcast documentation of the Renton City Retro um, event that we went to here in Washington, um, and everybody else. Everybody is also going to get. We have. We're going to put it on YouTube probably, um, kind of like a, a trailer, like a te- teaser of like the video mm-hmm. of the event. Um, but patrons, uh, ten dollar pat- patrons, are going to be the ones who get the full on video experience. So. Yeah, and that might already be out by the time this releases. We are so far in the future with these recordings at this point. Yeah, for sure. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? Um, so, yeah, check out patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. You can also um, check out youtube.com slash Metal Gear Mondays for the aforementioned trailer that we had discussed. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, um, everywhere podcasts are distributed. Um, you can find information about all of that at MetalGearMondays.com. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, and you know what else is do us a favor and go on like iTunes and other like podcatchers and review or recommend us. Um, um, I know overcast the way that they put their recommended podcasts on the front page is by listeners recommending the podcast. So do that, uh, leave a review on iTunes. Um, and that's how we get spotted there. That's how we get, you know, more and more. So just check it out. Yeah. I think as a time of recording, um, I think as of time of recording, we've got like a 4.7 out of 5 from like 44 recordings, which or 44 ratings, which is pretty cool. Which means I think that fella who gave us the 3 out of 5 might have actually given us some points back. Ooh. So, But wouldn't Death, that, Mas- Death Mask like? Divine is still there. <laughs> stain on our record. But, uh, but yeah. We will find you, and we will please you at some point. Whoa, that's very forward. Um, A little forward. Um, yeah, yeah. If, as long as you, as long as you're okay with it. Um, <laughs> of course. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, so check check us out on all those various platforms. Um, uh, I think that's it. Alessia, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, at AC Summerfield, pretty much anywhere. Um, I know a bunch of people have been adding me on PSN and like Steam and stuff. So come find me. 
Yeah, uh, you can you can add and uh, I want to I want to put a note about that. You can find me on Twitter at Sandal. That's S A N J U U L. Um, I'm also Deadpool Alpha on PSN. Um, I welcome people adding me on PSN. Bring it. Put a note <laughs> in yeah. your in your message. Yeah. Um, that you are you are coming as a listener of Metal Gear Mondays because I get a lot of like weird uh friend requests sometimes, and sometimes they turn out to be like those weird spam accounts. I don't oh, want no. So not spam so, girls. Not spam girls, not gamer girls. It's always <laughs> spam girls for some reason. Like yeah, I it's only never get like blown up by like spam women. Yeah, yeah. Where's the spam boys at? Yeah, I need my spam boys. <laughs> I need my spam boys. Gross. Um. Yeah. So so just leave a little message. Just like it doesn't even have to be long. Just type in MGM in the message, and I'll I'll add you back. So so do do that if you'd like to add me on PlayStation. Um. And yeah, and we mentioned this at the end of the podcast, but you can follow our lovely guest, Kim, my guest, I, <laughs> um, on Twitter at Kim, my guest, that's K-I-M-M-A-I-G-U-E-S-T, if you'd like to follow her on Twitter yeah, and find out what she's doing next. Yeah, and I think um, she also has a website as well, but I believe the website is actually just like a still image, unless I oh. can't, unless I can't figure out how to crack the code. Probably should have asked her about that. I was like <laughs> clicking all over the place. I was like, "Is can I get in?" Um, but yeah, so you should check her out online. She's great, um, and look her up on Audible because I would definitely listen to a book that she read. Oh yeah. So and probably will. I will seek one yeah, out. She uh, she has a, she has kind of like a passion for YA uh, mm-hmm. YA uh, novelizations, which which even now as a uh, a grown man, I'm <laughs> I enjoy YA fiction. So. Yeah, we're we're all young at heart, right? Yeah. I'm still a young adult, damn it. Yeah, before I can manage to say more dumb shit before we get to this interview, we should probably just cut mm-hmm. to the interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good idea. Hey, hey, talk, let's, let's talk to Kim, my guest. Snake in China, they say. When walking through a melon patch, don't adjust your sandals. That means that when things get really bad, you have to try to remember what's important. Keep things in the proper perspective, okay? And look at that. Now we're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like magic. Blue skidoo yep. into the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, we are we're joined by our very special guest for today. Uh, we have uh, Kim, my guest with us, uh, otherwise known as uh, Mei Ling from, from Metal Gear Solid. Thank you for joining us. Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. Um, perfect. So um, one of the things that we really like to do is use these uh, interviews as a way to kind of introduce um, our... Uh, pretty international audience to like the backgrounds of some of the folks that have worked on these games um, and just kind of illustrate that you guys are human beings as well (laughs) and uh and so we were interested in hearing kind of like your I guess your origin story like how did you how did you come to be a voice actor oh wow um that's a long story (laughs) I I guess I always knew I wanted to be an actress or actor however you prefer to call it um, so I, I was always involved in theater, even like as far as, I don't know, I was probably seven or eight when I was doing theater back in Indianapolis. And, um, and I went to college to study theater. And then after I graduated, I moved to LA and, uh, my day job was, I was working as a children's theater actor and we would go to schools and libraries all over the state of California. And I loved, 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 loved it. And I loved the energy and I loved playing all these different characters. And I got to be, you know, little boys and old women and monsters and, you know, just anything that we needed. And I love that. And, you know, cause like when you're doing on camera, you're so limited, unless you're Ben Kingsley, you know, you're limited by what you look like, right? So, 
you know, and, and, and back then it was sort of like, I'm, I'm half Vietnamese. So back then it was like, well, you're not Asian enough to be Asian, but you're not, you know, white enough to be white. And, you know, what are you, where do you fit? I, it, I was really hard. And so, so I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So I did the children's theater and I loved that. And, um, and I thought, you know, this is great, but it really doesn't earn a lot of money. So what else is like this? And, um, and I thought, well, you know, animation's kind of like that. So um, I just started taking classes around LA, like anything and everywhere I could find. And um, Chris Zimmerman was one of the classes I took. And she, uh, I guess it was soon after her class, she called me up and she was like, so can you do a Chinese accent? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, how long do I have? <laughs> and she said, three days. And I was like, yes. So, so uh, yeah, I just committed to it, and I said, "Okay, I'll just do it." And and I rented the movie uh, Red Corner, and I picked a couple speeches from that, and I just worked with it as hard as I could, and went to the audition, and um, thought I did horrible. I was so upset. I was like, "Oh my god, it's <laughs> terrible!" And I was crying and all this stuff. Oh, I mean, no. not there, but later I was. <laughs> And, um, and then I got a call from Chris and she was like, oh, you got the job. And I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. So, um, that's my whole story right there <laughs> in about 10 seconds. Yeah. That's insane. From, from, yeah. We went from beginning to metal gear, like at the drop right. of the hat. I love it. Um, Chris was great to talk to. We actually talked to her a couple of weeks ago and, and it's thanks to Chris that we were able to get in contact with you. Uh, how, how is she as far as a teacher? Was she a good teacher? She is awesome. She, she, I call her my, my, my angel because she really is. She, Aww. she's basically been the beginning. I mean, she created my career from the beginning. You know, I, I took her class and she had, you know, amazing, um, things to teach in her class. And we got to actually work in a real studio with real scripts, you know, and she was, you know, an animation director. So she really was coming from, you know, a place of, of professionalism and, you know, everything like that. So the fact that I got to be in her class was really special for me. And I, I loved her. She was just really kind and supportive and, and um, really fun to work with. So, um, so I was really happy to, to hear from her after the class. And um, she really was looking for an Asian actress to play that character, you know, since it, she was mm -hmm. supposed to be Asian. And, and so she really didn't have to. I mean, people, anybody could play, you know, that part. Uh, and this was back when people did, you know, they didn't yeah. really, it wasn't as common to cast ethnically appropriate actors. So, um, so I was really happy <laughs> she made that choice, you know. <laughs> so was, um, so was mailing your first, your first voice role in? Or? Yeah, this was an absolutely very first wow. voiceover role. <laughs> yes. And uh, it was, it was super challenging. I mean, I, I can't even imagine thinking back like, oh my God, I can't believe that was my very first role. Cause <laughs> You know, here I am doing an accent, a Chinese accent that I had learned in three days. And and we're like, you know, quoting Shakespeare and Elizabeth Barrett Browning. And I'm like, this is not your normal dialogue. <laughs> and Chris is very demanding as a director. She's like, she wants it and she wants it now and she wants it to be right. And she wants yeah. about five options to go with that. So, so it was like, and then we had the whole cast there. So, you know, there was a lot of pressure with just like the other actors. And then there was like everybody in the room and it was it was really an amazing experience but it was also you know really challenging too but mm. yeah anyway so so I, had a, so I had a question for you we were talking about this a little <laughs> bit before we started recording um uh -huh. but you had mentioned so you're you were born in indianapolis correct or in indiana yeah. 
So most of the people that we've talked to so far have been from Ohio and the Midwest area. (laughs) Um, Do you have any idea why why do you think that is? (laughs) Maybe it's in the water. (laughs) Uh, My thought is um, at least growing up, I had heard that, that um, the Midwest area around Chicago was like this broadcast standard of speech, you know, regionalisms and things, and that that's kind of what they were shooting for. So maybe that could be part of it in that, you know, when they're casting for commercials, which is a large part of the, you know, voiceover uh, work, maybe they're shooting for things like, you know, people who have that sort of Midwest dialect. I don't know. That would be my only guess. I don't know. Has anyone yeah, think, else had an answer I for think, that? I think I've I think I've heard that, and I've also heard that like in the Midwest, people are a little bit more accent neutral, so it's yeah. easier for those people mm-hmm. to learn new accents. Yeah, that could be too. Yeah, I know. I had to kind of work through some of my Midwesternisms, like I used to say "engine" <laughs> instead of "engine" and things like that. <laughs> I refuse to let those go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, out on the well, West Coast, I refuse can. to let it go. Yeah, you can't. But like when I'm, I'm, I do a lot of audiobook work, and they're like, uh, "No, that's not engine. It's engine." And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right." <laughs> yeah. As a as a total aside, I mean, how does like reading for something like like Mei Ling's role in the original Metal Gear Solid? How does that compare to an audiobook? Because I imagine reading like pages and pages and pages of audiobook must take a toll, right? It is. It's for me. I, I call it like the marathon of voiceover work <laughs> because, yeah, you go for you know six, eight hours. Well, for more like six hours a day for like maybe a week, and you're all focused in there. But um, and you have to just keep going, and you can't you know lose your mojo, your energy, your diction, you know, or your brain because your your brain gets really tired just mm-hmm. focusing so intently and and for so long. You know, um, at least that's my experience. But uh, games can be that way too because you know you've got really long sessions and scripts. I mean, the script for just Mei Ling was at least probably two inches thick <laughs> when I got it, and that was back you know in the days of paper. So they mailed it to me, and there was this big stack of papers, and I'm going through, and and that was just for Mei Ling. I think for the whole thing, I, Chris was telling me there was just like you know reams of paper because the script was so long, and and nowadays I'm sure it's even longer. You know, with with uh, the more com- more complexity and and characters and computer memory and bandwidth and everything so i don't know for sure yeah. do you prefer i know cuz you, cuz you've you've done a lot of like cartoon voices and video games and audiobooks i mean do you prefer yeah. like one type of project over another no you know i love it all <laughs> i really 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 do just cuz um every every form has its its good things that i love about it you know like like games, I love the intensity, you know, and how you really get to live on the edge. I mean, how often do you get to die, you know, in everyday life? <laughs> Almost never. But, you know, in video games, you get to do it at least 20 times, you know, in every way possible. And um, and like uh, like audiobooks, I get to learn a lot of different stuff. And, and I love being able to do all the voices, you know, every single voice <laughs> I, I I love doing that. And actually, when I was a kid, I would sit around with my friends and we would read like radio plays from books and stuff and as dialogue. And, and I'm like, that is so weird that I end up doing this <laughs> for That's a awesome. living. Um, but anyway, so uh, but I also I get to do poetry and I get to um, explore different cultures that I would never have thought existed through audiobooks. And 
and I feel like I'm really helping people, you know, literacy, you know, learning about reading and stuff like that. So it's, it's, I love that part. And, um, but I mean, every form to me has a really interesting aspect to it. What, you know, whether it's games or books or commercials even, or, you know, animation, it's, it's all great. Yeah. And I think hearing you put it that way, actually kind of, uh, I don't know, makes it seem a little bit more uh, of like a passion driven, like thing that you really enjoy doing. Cause I know, um, even outside of games, like having worked as a freelancer in, in the film industry for a long time, I mean, there are yeah. definitely those people that treat those kinds of jobs like it's plumbing. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. oh it's a living. And it's, I don't know. So it's cool to hear somebody sound uh, like still extremely passionate about the work that you're doing. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. I can't even, I cannot think of a better <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> you, um, except maybe writing. Writing would be cool too, I think. Have, have you ever, um, have you ever, um, dabbled in that before for like, anything official or the writing part yeah writing um well as actors we get to improv a lot so that's kind of fun you know you kind of put in your own thoughts and words and ideas and stuff but um beyond that I actually have been writing on my own for like children's books and things um for I don't know probably 15 years maybe even longer I don't know but um I've been a part of uh, SEBWI which is the Society of Children's Writers and Illustrators for, I don't know, a long time and, and worked with uh, writing groups and stuff like that for, for that. But I haven't, it's sort of like this timeline. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm actually actively pursuing it yet, but maybe the time's coming soon. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you never know. Always, uh, I'll never ever keep everything, everything open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you um when you finally like this isn't I don't know if this is something we really ask a whole lot but when we when you broke into the business like what 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 did your like family think did when you told them that like you got your role as Mei Ling you were, you were finally starting to do the thing yeah um my dad was really really happy he he's been all about he's been really supportive in my dream to be an actor and you know he was always rooting for me and. Um, and so he's, he was very excited. And even to this day, he's always like, oh yeah, whenever we meet somebody, he's like, oh yeah, she does voiceover and she does this and that. And this is, you know, so it's like kind of cool to have your own sharing section. Um, my mom was more typically, you know, I don't want to say Asian, but (laughs) she was like, (laughs) she was more, every time I talked to her, she's like, well, why did you become a lawyer? Why did you become Mm -hmm. a doctor? Why did you? (laughs) And that went on until I kind of got, um, more well established and i i became the voice of sears for a little while and so things kind of worked out and i was just she was after that she was okay with it <laughs> but you were the, yeah. so you were so you're the voice of sears you said like sears roebuck like this, oh, like this company yeah yeah sears roebuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was really fun too <laughs> well, yeah that's actually that's, a, that's um that's really funny we talked to um debbie may west a little while back and she had mentioned that she she's the oh. voice of like Fred Meyer, uh, groups of stores up in the Northwest and some other, some other places like that. And, um, she had mentioned doing stuff like that, um, commercials and things like that is really where you get most of the, the money doing voiceover these days. Is that, what would you say about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. The, the money is definitely pretty big in advertising, um, you know, because I guess the way they pay it is depending on like whether it's a national commercial or whatever, you can make just, you know, thousands of dollars off of, you know, doing 
one t- TV spot or whatever. So it, it's hard to compare that with, you know, doing animation. But um, whereas is it's kind of a continual sort of thing where you get paid set fees and then you get residuals and whatever. Um, and then with games, it's just the, the, the session fee and then maybe a few extra things like if they go to internet or, or something like that. But um, so yeah, definitely it's it's where the bigger money is. And, and but even that, it's tough, you know, to, to get, you know, a campaign like that. It's kind of like winning the lottery. Mm. <laughs> I mean, from what I heard, they had auditioned well over 400 some people Whoa. all over the country, you know, and um, yeah. And, and that was, this was 2001. So, I mean, today would be even more probably if they're recasting, you know, a new voice campaign or whatever, but. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, it's too bad Sears isn't as like I guess prolific as they once were because uh, it was interesting. I got to uh, I actually went up to Seattle to see Sam after we talked to Debbie Mae West, and so it was fun to stand in the Fred Meyer and hear her come on. I was like, oh, there she is. Yeah. Um, so it would be cool to go to a Sears and be like, oh, there she is. Yeah. But I don't. I don't even know where the heck there are any Sears near me anymore. I think they've closed all of their physical stores down now, and it's just sort of online mail order. But this was oh, back gotcha. in 2001 when they were still a pretty yeah. big, you know, store. So. For sure, for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess while we're talking about just sort of uh, these one-off uh, kind of uh, more unique projects, are there any projects from your career that you think back on super fondly, I guess, like outside of Metal Gear? And are there any ones that maybe got away that you wish you would have gotten? Oh, uh, well, on, on the getting away note i have to say that when i audition i often bond with <laughs> the characters that i'm creating mm. so often it's hard to let that go and say okay well that may be the last time i ever see you poor little character <laughs> um <laughs> but that i mean that happens to be sometimes but there's no specific project that i thought oh god i wish i'd gotten that one you know mm. um but uh and like i said earlier it's like every project i do there's something special about it that i really enjoy so um so it's hard to pick, but there are some, like, I really loved doing the Lord of the Rings video games because I grew up reading the Lord of the Rings, and oh, I'm like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe I'm actually doing a piece of Eowyn or Arwen or whatever, you know, it was really awesome. Um, let me think, uh, what else? And then there was Diablo, I loved doing Diab- Diablo because I actually played that for like a year, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like, so hardcore. <laughs> Um, so that was really fun. And then like uh, Final Fantasy also was like one of those games I played early on and I thought was awesome. And so being able to be a part of that game was really cool too. Um, oh, let's see what else I wrote some down cause I knew I'd forget cause I don't know. Once I do something, it's like, I don't remember it. Oh, no, you're fine. I feel like you've been in tons of stuff. So I feel like I would definitely have to document it as well. <laughs> yeah. I know people are like, so what have you done? And I'm like, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I take, I take, I carry a notebook around with me at work all the time just to write down useless stuff that I'm going to need. So I understand. <laughs> That's what I should do, actually. Just write it down so I can remember and whip it out and say, oh, yeah, this is what I did. <laughs> I actually was looking at IMDb, you know, before this to kind of remember. And then I was like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I did that's not on there, actually. So I'm going to have to go through my records and actually go and. And yeah, I can believe it. Um, but let me think. Oh, so let's see. There was one thing I did. It was called Blade that was really fun. It was just really realistic and sort of gritty. And I really enjoyed doing that. And um, Like that Blade, right like, before... the, like the Marvel character Blade? Or? 
Yes, yes. Oh wow. It was. Okay. The anime version, yeah. Um, and then we did uh, GI Joe. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was a, a whole um, ninja series or ninja episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the ones that I came up with from looking over those past records. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, I, I noticed that you um, you worked on uh, Ben 10 a little bit, too, and I, you probably worked with uh-huh. um, Paul Eiding again on that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you, definitely. With, with Metal Gear Solid being your first role, um, do you do you keep in touch with with the people that you worked with on the series because you you've done some work with them like Paul outside of Metal Gear Solid um what's it like to build a network of like voice acting friends <laughs> um they're great that's one of the reasons i actually love voiceover is because the people that i worked with in voiceover have been so amazing you know they're just so nice and they're so welcoming and inclusive and just um smart and fun and um there's rarely any kind of ego thing going on it was just they're just we're all here to do the work and enjoy it and have fun and and um so it's it's been great excuse me um also paul has been at my agency so um i see him often you know when we were we would go into the agency to do auditions and things um along with robin atkin downs and um David Haters also was at my agency and stuff. So we would all, you know, we'd see each other at least once a week, if not more, you know. Um, <coughs> so uh, so it's, it's been great, you know, getting to know so many great, really great people. Um, I, uh, my daughter was born in like 2011. And so I kind of took a break uh, as far as auditioning and things. So that's maybe why you haven't seen me around in, mm. in a while. Um, but I've just started auditioning again, so hopefully things will pick up too in that uh, respect. But um, and see people again, because I do miss you know seeing Paul. I'll see him on Facebook or whatever. Or I just went to um, David Hader's birthday party a couple maybe a month or two back, so I got to see a lot of people there, and that was really fun. Um, and then like Jennifer Hale, I she actually rock climbs, and so do I. So you know we've kept in touch kind of that way and we always keep saying oh we should all go and so hopefully we'll do that soon but um what's a what's a a david hater birthday party like (laughs) (laughs) it took the question right out of my mouth Uh, you know like any other birthday i guess lots of people lots of fun lots of food and drinks (laughs) he turned what like 26 right again sure So, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of your questions you're asking me about um, being David's friend. Um, so, <laughs> so he and I basically have had like these like mutual friends forever. And so basically I would go to these parties and like he would be there to be like, oh, my God. Hi, David. And, you know, we'd hang out and say hi and catch up and stuff. And so this was like years like that. And then all of a sudden when I walked in to do Metal Gear Solid, into the kitchen i walk in and like there he is it was so like out of place and random i couldn't believe it i was like oh my god what are you doing here and he's like well i'm snake and i'm like oh my god this is great that's crazy yeah not funny it was just so completely random it was just it was cool i uh it's super weird i was uh i was thinking about it actually earlier today as uh because prior to kind of 
going down this like interview rabbit hole for the last several months mm-hmm. um we had kind of covered all of the games in the series like like a book club uh-huh. would. so we'd talk about it like chapter at a time uh-huh. um but the more that i've been thinking about kind of where the show's at right now it feels like we're kind of making a weird time capsule like about all of you guys oh yeah uh, yeah so like in a weird way it feels like we're assembling all of you guys like sort of in this weird digital birthday party where you can stay forever. it's like the avengers almost <laughs> Yeah, so it's cool to hear that you guys like hang out and do stuff, uh, yeah. and I guess like rock climb and stuff. Like I don't yeah, know, it's yeah. bizarre. <laughs> I know, isn't it? <laughs> All the weird ways we connect, you know. Yeah, Heather Haley, mm. she's she was uh, at my agency too, so we got to spend lots of time together auditioning and stuff. And, oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> did Did you change? Uh, did you exchange philosophy quips, and she gave you movie quotes? Did you guys? Yeah. Do that? <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't even know what her character's like because I w- we weren't in the same um, oh, right. game, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't play her game, so I don't know. But I know she's like super popular. So yeah, no, she's a good job. <laughs> yeah, she's she's on our she's on our short list of folks yeah. to talk to as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> she's great. She's the nicest, sweetest person you'd ever want to meet. I love her. Nice. Um, well, so before we get into, uh, I guess, Metal Gear more formally, because mm-hmm. I, d- I definitely want to make sure we, we ask you all these crazy Metal Gear questions we've yeah. written down. Um, I wanted to ask you, and this is like our listeners are always clamoring to hear about this. Um, folks want to hear what you do for fun. So it sounds like you rock climb. Do you do anything yeah. else? Like, do you like certain music or movies or anything? Mm-hmm. Let me see. What do I do for fun? I... Uh... <laughs> I hike, I do yoga, uh, I like to travel, spend time with my family, cook, uh, I knit. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. uh, I like to do Yeah, I mean, I, I like to do a lot of stuff, but I like to learn new things too. So I'm always like wanting to find something new to do. And I don't know. Um, so right, but awesome. since I became a mommy, I, I do a lot of mommy stuff mm-hmm. now. So. Which is literally fun she would too. Because because your daughter is probably is eight now, right? Based Almost. On, so yeah. what's uh-huh. so what's that like? <laughs> oh my god, she's so awesome. She's great. I mean, we have a great time. I, I homeschool her too, so we get to do a lot of fun stuff together. And she's okay. So she's really, really, really into audiobooks. I. I when I was pregnant, I was working constantly. I was doing, you know, uh, video games. I was doing uh, the Blade show. Um, I was doing all sorts of audiobooks. So she basically heard me talking like 24-7, <laughs> like all through her gestation. And she was so verbal. She started talking when she was like nine months old. And she's been listening oh, wow. to audiobooks almost since. I mean, even now, not even ones that I do. She just listens to them all the time. So she's constantly like writing books in her head and, and talking and doing voices. <laughs> and so um, I can see a either literary or voiceover career in the future, possibly. But um, yeah, but she's really into science, too, and engineering and aeronautics and, you know, natural sciences. So we're constantly doing, you know, really fun things. That's very That's cool. crazy. Yeah. I, all that, all that, not even eight years old. <laughs> like, I know, isn't that crazy? Banana. Well, perfect. Um, so yeah, I guess we're going to dive into some Metal Gear stuff. Okay. Um, I feel like there were quite a few things that you, you kind of answered on the way here. So obviously we won't, uh, we won't, uh, repeat anything, but, um, but yeah, I guess, um, I had read online while doing a little bit of research that, um, I guess that there were like a bunch of other folks kind of in the running for Mei Ling originally, kind of during final round. So I was curious to hear 
I mean, obviously you told us that at the end you, you, you did receive the role, but yeah. had you, did you know about any of these other folks that were sort of in the running? No, I had no idea. Um, I think I may have read something about that on the internet, <laughs> just like you did. <laughs> but I, I'm going to have to ask Chris the next time I see her because I'm just like really curious now as to actually what did happen. But I have no idea. You know, as an actor, you just basically you audition and then you either get the call or you don't, you know, and, and that's it. And they never mentioned to me about, you know, what other options there were. So. Right. <laughs> what have you done? What did you tell her? Why, why, why are you coming to me? No, I don't know. It was just some random rumor something I read on the internet about like some well-known Asian actress was supposed to be doing it, and um, and then the audition wasn't exactly what they expected or so. I have no idea. I just read this. Oh wow. And then um, and then Chris me Chris asked me to audition, and they were worried about how I didn't have any experience. And this was like such a big role and, you know, should they take a chance on, on somebody who was an unknown quantity? And, and uh, I think I read that Chris had encouraged them to take the chance and, and that's how it turned out. But like I said, yeah, that's a little Chris, rumor. From everything we've heard, not only from her, but from no everybody idea. else, Chris seems like everybody's kind of like fairy godmother in that way. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that she took that. Everybody took the chance because uh, I I think I'm well within my rights to mm-hmm. say that uh, Mei Ling is definitely like a fan favorite series wide. So oh, thank you. Uh... <laughs> she's one of my favorites too. I think she's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, not not the way not necessarily the way I did it, but the way she was written mm-hmm. and her character, you know, and just like the quotes meaning, you know, she's read a lot of stuff. She's been around, you know, and she's just really cute. I, I really liked her. Yeah, and then she commands like a battleship or something in Metal right. Solid Forest. So there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so we had so we, we had discussed that. So she has Mei Ling has this Chinese accent that you had to learn in three days, right? right? So, um, they they go into her background in the game as having been born in the United States, yeah. and it maybe didn't make sense that she had the accent, and then. When you came back to re-record Twin Snakes and then Metal Gear Solid 4, she doesn't have the accent anymore. Um, Do you have any insight into what the thought process and the perspective behind doing the change was and what happened there? Um, I don't know how it evolved. Um, I do remember actually at the sessions uh, for the original Metal Gear mentioning that, saying, you know, if she was born in the U.S., she probably wouldn't have an accent. (laughs) Um, but I don't know what the res- I can't remember what the response was. And, you know, I guess since I believe they had recorded already in Japan and that, you know, they were now recording English voices that, you know, it had something to do maybe with that. I, I don't know. Um, but I like her accent, actually. You know, maybe it would have been fun to just say, well, she's not from the U.S. You know, she came from some other place in China or whatever, yeah. um, because I thought it, it was fun to have as part of her character. So, I mean, I like the accent, even though it didn't make sense, um, but I don't know, you know, what, why it was, you know, decided that, that she would have an accent, even though she was born here. Um, but, and then, of course, later, as we re- recorded the other ones and didn't have the accent, it was probably because of that. Um, and I don't know, maybe as you get older, too, you might lose an accent if you had one, you know, so. <laughs> um, it's being immersed in everything. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly too, I think like in her backstory, it's like she even went to like UCLA and all this other stuff. So it's like, huh? 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I, to be honest, um, cause we've gone back, we, not only did we cover the original Metal Gear Solid to kind of start the whole show several years ago, um, but we went back and kind of recently recovered that original game. Um, and I, I'm really fond of those original voices. Yeah. Like after playing the twin snakes and, and, and comparing the two, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's nostalgia talking, but yeah. I feel like <laughs> those original sessions feel a little bit more, I guess, in the atmosphere that uh-huh. I associate with Metal Gear. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you recall what it was like to come back into the studio to re-record for Twin Snakes? Oh, I do. I do. It was really, it was fun and exciting because we got, you know, the, all, the gang back together again. And um, But it was it was a little weird trying to do mailing without the accent because in a way that, for me, was kind of her. Um, so mm-hmm. I was trying to have to reimagine her as we were going through the script. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's about all I remember about it. Cause, um, and it was fun. It was, it was different for sure. When you guys got together again to do Twin Snakes, I know, so Chris even kind of talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you just mentioned uh, a house. It seems like the original <laughs> Metal Gear Solid was like recorded in like a big house, yeah. which is weird to me. Um, yeah. Did you guys go back to that house for Twin no. Snakes? Or did you go somewhere else? Like, No, I don't think that house actually is a recording studio anymore. Um, we actually went to a, a studio in Burbank that was, you know, set up for animation and things and stuff. So it was uh, a regular <laughs> um, recording studio. <laughs> Normal. Yeah, that was that was a funny house. I, I remember going there for the audition and going into an actual closet. <laughs> oh wow! For the audition. <laughs> <laughs> whose house was that? I feel like we need to we need to discover whose house that was for like Metal Gear historians down the road. Yeah, I don't know. It was um, like this old house in Hollywood that they'd converted into this studio and and um, I remember it was like right on a corner with a stop sign so like every now and then we'd have to stop for traffic because you'd hear like the trucks going <laughs> yeah Paul mentioned Paul mentioned uh, when I talked to him about like a garbage truck yeah. show up and cause problems <laughs> yeah I mean it was it was funny because it was like okay everyone hold for traffic just like we were on a you know movie set or something um, and then I remember like the floorboard that I was standing on was like really creaky. So I like, I couldn't move <laughs> that much because otherwise I'd hear the shriek. So there was that. <laughs> and then I remember this too. Like normally you have like the actors inside of a booth, right? That is isolated sound wise. And then you've got everybody outside of the booth, like with the equipment and sitting around and they can talk. But I remember us all being in the same room. So the people who were directing us were there and they had to be super quiet while we were recording. And yeah, it was, it was different. That's oh. wild. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, it, it's crazy to me. Um, I definitely understand why, but it's crazy to me that like you remember things like this creaky floorboard <laughs> um, all these years later. Um, but I think that's super cool. I don't know. I feel like it adds a lot of like character to the, yeah. to the stories behind it. Yeah. Well, the house was super cool. It was like this really old house. Like I, I would almost say like Victorian, you know, and, and like what I said when I saw David for the first time, it was in this actual kitchen of the house. <laughs> you know? And then walked down the hall to what was probably the living room and now is like the the recording studio. And um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. We should find that house. We should find that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we have to there. at this point. 
probably a historical site at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's bananas. I, I, yeah, I guess I'm just baffled. I mean, because obviously, I mean, uh, between the original Metal Gear Solid and uh, even I think when four concluded was oh. what like over a decade, so yeah. or a decade ish. Yeah. So I I assume that things kind of changed from game to game. Um, but I yeah, never in a million years imagined that there would just be like this party house in Hollywood where all the recordings <laughs> happen. <laughs> Um, I had a, I had a question. Where would you put Metal Gear on your list of things that you've done? Because you've had a, you've done a lot of work with like Cartoon Network, and you you said Diablo. You worked with Blizzard yeah. and Square Enix yeah. and things like that. Where would you place Metal Gear in the pantheon of things that you've done? Oh gosh, well I mean it's really special just because it was my first job and it pretty much started my entire career. So I mean it's gonna be pretty up there as far as um something that i will always be grateful for and remember and just really glad i did <laughs> i mean just the experience <laughs> from top to bottom was really wonderful you know so i i really can't compare it to anything else really you know <laughs> that's like a unique feeling yeah you know it's like your first time right <laughs> it's right. <your> first job <laughs> and uh yeah but i mean I loved Metal Gear, but I loved all the other jobs too that I've done and Diablo and World of Warcraft and um, you know everything else and, and the animation. I love I love 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 doing animation because it, it it is a lot like doing theater in a way. Um, you know, just the way it's written and the the characters and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I, you know, I just I love all of it. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, even going through, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the IMDb thing, because uh, even just going through that, uh, I always find these like little nuggets of things that I never imagined would be there. Uh -huh. And for me, I think for you, whenever I was scrolling through, I was like, hi, hi, Puffy Amiyumi. Like, <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Like, I had no idea. Um, yeah. So just, I don't know. It's fun to kind of go back and see just all the crazy things that people have been in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you saw this, but... Um... There was this, I don't know, it was like the intro to some Japanese game, I think, way back, you know, like when, when games were just starting out that David and I did that was actually on camera. And we were like dubbed, I, we don't even have the English uh, version of it. It's just like we were dubbed in Japanese and we were, it was just uh, like our bodies and stuff, but it was really so funny. Weird. And That's I, crazy. Yeah, it just popped up on our Twitter feed like some time ago, I guess. Um, and that was pretty fun. <laughs> I've got like green hair. I've got elf ears, you know. I've got like this armor on, and David's this like really cool superhero type guy, you know. <laughs> and we're all speaking Japanese, you know. It's amazing. It's hilarious. So. Um, outside of all that stuff, I mean, obviously, I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about one other thing that I. Uh, it's funny that IMDb has become the subject of much of our conversation today. Um, I saw sort of like, I always like to dig up the weird trivia that's on there. And I always wonder who puts that there. Like half the time, I assume it's just like your agent is the one putting it there. Um, but no. <laughs> I uh, I saw a piece of trivia that um, just like one of our listeners, uh, actually, uh, I was actually just talking to one of our listeners, Rachel Frank, about this. Um, it seems like you played the original Metal Gear Solid and got stuck on that first Ocelot boss fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you ever complete the game or did you permanently just plant a flag there? Uh, you know, I, I, 
I think that's where I stopped. <laughs> but <laughs> I had lots of family and friends who were playing the game, so I actually have seen the game, I think, from top to bottom just by watching other people play it. So um, so it was really fun to watch and hear myself and hear everybody else playing in, in the game. Um, but no, personally, I, I never made it past that. <laughs> gotcha. But, you know, my theory about that, because I know – my agent and most agents i think are too busy to to do that kind of thing i think it's just fans kind of posting stuff because like i look up my wikipedia page and there's all sorts of stuff on there that's so not true and i i like even you know i wrote to wikipedia i was like this is not true this is me this is my history this is not true and nothing ever changed and i didn't oh, get no. off or anything so it's like oh okay whatever so. Well, it's definitely good to know. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Like agents have a million other things to worry about every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's wild. I well, it's interesting too because like so we talked to Cam Clark and uh, we actually just recently on the on the main feed of the show just published an interview with uh, Dean Schofield mm -hmm. as well. And both of those gentlemen um, don't play games at all. Mm. And so it's really interesting to hear them say like, yeah, Konami shipped us a copy of the game after it came out mm -hmm. and uh, we had no way to actually do anything with it. So we just kind of, <laughs> just kind of moved on. Yeah. So. Well, I have to say I, playing games really helps me when I record games because you kind of have an idea of like a, where this line is going to fit in and how it's going to work and, you know, how best to kind of make it neutral. Cause it be, could be popping up in all sorts of different contexts, you know, and, um, so I'm really glad I spent that year playing Diablo <laughs> um, and other games like Final Fantasy and stuff because it, it was really good, you know, experience and background for then recording it. Um, but, but yeah, I had to stop because I was like, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to be doing anything else in my life. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I, I definitely have uh, come across that crossroad yeah. many times where it's like, do I spend time editing or working on this movie project or do I flush 20 hours playing exactly. a video game? Exactly, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, so we had kind of talked about Mei Ling's, um, I guess her, her quirk that she talks all the, the quotes and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um were you familiar with any of those quotes going into it or was this all they were they were given to you and you just kind of read them and and what do you what do you kind of think about this this quirk that she has to well um well i i definitely i i really liked shakespeare like growing up so i had mm. written i read some of those um and then others i had come across randomly as well but um i think a lot some of them were made a lot of them were made up too um made up quotes uh oh really yeah i kind of remember one maybe this is not made up but i remember one thinking it was made up it's <laughs> like you know never stop to fix your sandal strap in the field or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i think that's one of our favorite ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i remember that like what 20 years later um yeah. But I thought it was really interesting. I mean, you, you got to have, you know, original character elements to make them, you know, interesting people. And, and I think that was definitely original. Like I said, it was my first job, so I didn't have a lot to compare it with. But but I'd never come across anything like that, you know, before. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's very eccentric. Yeah, exactly. And certainly well, was... challenging when you're doing it with a Chinese accent. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember growing up playing the game and um, – I was like, I, I can't, I think I was like seven or something and I was very bad at it. So whenever I would be about to go into like a tricky situation, I would just turn on the codec and I would just call 
Mei Ling over and over again and oh, just yeah. hear all the different quotes. <laughs> so I, so I, uh, I, I very much enjoyed that particular quirk myself. Really? <laughs> it allowed you to put off like the really hard boss fights. Or... <laughs> exactly. That's what... <laughs> Yeah, I think the I think the voice line that I will never forget uh, of Mailings is just anytime I'd go to save, but then I'd be like, oh, I don't need to save. Uh, Mailings constant like sadness of like, oh, you're not saving. Okay, oh. bye. It's just like, oh no, I felt like it disappointed her every time. I was like, I'm sorry. So. Oh, this is great. I love hearing like um, players' experiences of the games and stuff. <laughs> like, I have no idea how what your work affects other how it affects other people and what their experience of you is you know in a way so yeah as a 30 year old man who's constantly apologizing i blame me <laughs> so. yeah. I, would you would you say that's what makes the work kind of worth it is is because i think paul paul said the same thing to me as well it's like hearing people's experience really really makes this the job worth it absolutely it really does because you, you just you can't you can't really fathom like how you affect other people and what parts of their lives you become a part of. Um, I mean, I've heard stories of like one guy told me that um, he and his wife had gotten divorced and his daughter moved away with his wife. And so he would actually meet with his daughter, I think on World of Warcraft, and they would like play together and um, just be able to bond and spend time together through the game. Um, another, Another girl told me about a time when she was growing up and they were really, really poor. Um, and she actually had no electricity in her house and she had to plug her, um, her, uh, her equipment into the next door neighbor's house. And she played Metal Gear Solid and was, you know, it was just a part of her life that was really hard, but the game kind of helped her get through that part of her life and was sort of an escape. And, um, you know, it's just like, it's really amazing. And it makes me want to cry just to think about it that, you know, <laughs> people have to go through these periods, but that, you know, even a game can help people get through them. And, you know, they're, they're good things and constructive things that games do um, help with, I guess. But, um, That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? Because you're like, wow, I'm, I'm really glad I could have been, I was there, you know, for that, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. Going into something, going into something like Metal Gear Solid 4, which is, again, it was like a decade or whatever after your first gig in this series. Do you carry some of that weight with you when you go in? Um, like, are you cognizant and thinking about like how the audience is going to react maybe in a way that you didn't consider when, when you did the first game? No, definitely not. That would be way too much to think about. (laughs) 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 Too much pressure. (laughs) Um, So no, I just try to keep it very much like I'm in her shoes, living her life and, you know, these are her experiences and, you know, she's now gotten, say, to the point where she's a captain and, you know, she's, you know, grown and matured and had a lot of experiences between then and now. And um, I just try to keep it, you know, as organic and limited to her life as possible and not think about anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, uh, this is why I could not be a voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> think about too much. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, you drive yourself crazy if you were thinking about all the other stuff. What what was it like, like the 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 energy and the feeling around recording Metal Gear Solid versus coming back for four? 
like what was the what was the feeling in the room did it feel different somehow did it feel kind of like because metal gear solid 4 was very ultimately meant to be the ending of the series for all intents and purposes so how did that feel did it did it change how the the room felt when you were recording um well for me i i think i remember four being actually i was recording on my own not in a session with all the other actors so it was definitely a different feeling because it was all in isolation and kind of just working out out of my own head um Mm. but also the first metal gear i remember thinking nobody really knew like it was basically one of the very first games i think that um, playstation one had and nobody really knew what the platform was going to be like or you know even what platform gaming was going to become you know and so it was just sort of like all right let's record these voices tell the story and and see what happens it was just sort of really open-ended and and unknown um but of course then metal gear 4 was more like we knew what was going on and, and what we were what we were recording and um you know the whole the franchise and everything too so um so it was very very different i think um yeah the feeling for me just kind of in like a like a known quantity versus unknown quantity kind of way exactly right right yeah I always find it super weird that uh your cuz i believe Mei Ling even though she doesn't have like a little character portrait um i believe Mei Ling appears in Metal Gear Solid 2 for like yeah! The briefest of moments. Um, <laughs> what? Were, yeah, what was that like coming in for that? Where you were just—I don't know—you almost had like a handful of lines versus right. being like a major player. Right. Oh no, it was fun. I was. It was supposed to be, and I don't know if this is true, but it was supposed to be like an Easter egg. Like it wasn't. It was like hidden. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun because I had to tell Alessio about it because he didn't know uh-huh. it was a thing. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, that's what they told me. They're like, this is like a hidden Easter egg. Nobody's going to really know about it unless they discover it. And and it was really fun because, you know, I got to I got to harass. What was it? Was it Ocelot or no? Or Otacon. Otacon, yeah. Christopher Randolph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I liked it. It was fun. It was. I got to be a part of it, so I was happy. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, do you, like, so I, I guess, because one of the things that we, I think, other than when, because we are going to talk to Christopher Randolph, actually, mm-hmm. um, I think in a couple days, other than speaking with him about this, I mean, we've talked to Cam Clark a little bit about it, because he was kind of there for the beginning, and then didn't really appear in the series again. Mm-hmm. Um, was it weird kind of not being a part of the series for a while, and then four coming out, and you having a chance to kind of come back for that? I mean, is there ever any sort of fear that like oh maybe i'm just done moving <laughs> forward with the series because like obviously you weren't there for three yeah so um i don't know i don't know how other actors feel but i just i always like when a job is done it's it's done you know for me i don't know what's going to happen from here on out so i just i don't really think about it um and i'm just happy if they call me back and have me come in to do some more work and um so that's how it was i felt for Metal Gear 4, it was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's just really no expectations. Just grateful that to, to be able to come back when they ask you to. So, so it was good. All good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, very realistic approach. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody at home who's listening, have this approach with everything. Because I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, I think it's very healthy. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, speaking about, I guess, additional lines, too, did you... And I feel like, because when we talked, so we talked to David uh, in the flesh Uh in Seattle, actually. um, And he had mentioned that, I guess, for Smash Brothers, he didn't 
re-record any lines, I don't think, for the most recent Super Smash Brothers, uh-huh. but I think he did for um, the one prior, um, or maybe it was Brawl. Um, anyway, I know that Mei Ling has some lines in there. Did you re-record anything for Smash Brothers? Nope, just signed a contract. <laughs> that was it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Easy money. I That's like right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it can't be any easier than that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's good to know. Um, yeah, because I, I always wonder. I I'm not sure, and obviously, I think if there's anything that's like super specific, um, like I feel like Otacon talks about Yoshi, so like I'm sure that must have been re-recorded. But I think if it's ever previous material, obviously they probably just recut it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Well, I think um, I think as far as all the questions that we had prepared and everything like that, I mean, I think I think we're coming to time here, and obviously we want to be respectful of your time. Sam, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure. Um, well, I, I guess there 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 was there was one thing that I wanted to ask that I don't think we got a chance to. Um, what uh, do you think? So. Back in 1998, you you would you discussed at the beginning of the interview how um, how it wasn't common for them to cast um, the person whose race it was doing the voice and the voice acting roles, and how you were you were pleasantly surprised by that. What um, how do you feel about 1998 versus today representation for Asian Americans in in media? How does how how have you seen that change, and where do you think it still needs to go? Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> it's kind of a big question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we saved the big weights yeah, for the right? end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I I guess it's interesting to see how it has evolved over the years. Um, and it definitely has from, you know, where they didn't necessarily hire a, an Asian pr- actor to play an Asian character to now where I get requests from my a- my agent. They're like, "Well, they really want someone of Japanese ancestry you know to play this character or um have you know be able to speak japanese you know for real and i'm like okay well i'm gonna have to pass because i don't qualify (laughs) for that you know um so i mean it's good that they're you're really trying to be as um authentic as possible um but and and now also i i also think that the idea of what it is to be Asian or to be of Asian heritage has changed a lot since 20 years ago. Um, you know, we, <clears throat> we see a lot more um, variations and, and explorations on that theme, I think, than we ha- used to as, as people start to tell their unique stories. Um, I think that's really great. Um, I really... I really look forward to the day when we can just really appreciate everybody's differences. You know, being myself, I'm half Vietnamese and half Lithuanian. And, you oh, know, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, just be able to appreciate everybody's differences, but, and, but then equally, you know, respect those differences, you know, no matter what it is, it's, you know, if it, whether it's um, heritage or, you know, gender or, you know, orientation or, whatever, however we're unique, it, it would be a great where we can talk about it and, and appreciate them and then respect everybody's differences. You know, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that day where it's, it's almost not even an issue, you know, it's just yeah. what it is. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, th- I think, 
I think one of the weird things that kind of comes from that too in in a positive way is like I would say um, it's always interesting for me to kind of and and I only bring this up because I think Metal Gear is actually a really good uh, uh, example of this Mm -hmm. is seeing um, a different culture tackle another culture's um, I guess storytelling tropes Uh so to so to speak so like this Japanese interpretation of an American action film okay because it, 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 it almost creates this version that both is and is not what it's trying to be. And then you get this like really interesting, I don't know, kind of like combination of cultural yeah. things. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't know. I love that. And I also really appreciate your response. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think with that, that is everything. So I would okay. like to say on behalf of us and all of our listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on and uh, chat with us. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so um, much for having me. It was really fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and yeah, so um, I guess to kind of wrap things up, where can people find you and your work online if they want to support you? Are there, I, I know that you said that you were working on an audiobook. Um, is there any way that people can pre-order that or can we find some of your other work? Ah, mm. uh, let's see. Well, yeah. So most of the work that I've been doing is, is audiobooks. So, you know, you can find that. I think I'm like, you can look me up on um, Audible or iTunes or whatever. Um, but uh, I'm also on Twitter, if you ever want to look me up there. And I'll probably post stuff, you know, whatever I'm doing on there. And um, I don't know. I guess that's, that's it. Like I said, I'm kind of, kind of getting back into the auditioning stuff. So hopefully I'll have other, other stuff to, to share with people. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for, uh, thanks for even coming back. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are really excited to have you uh uh, audition for new roles and see what the future holds. So, um, congratulations on giving birth in 2011, <laughs> and congratulations on uh, everything that's coming forward. Cool, thank you. So, thanks. Mm. Perfect. Just a box.